Station. Ah, yes, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast. Hopefully, everybody can hear me this time. Uh, joined by my usual suspects, is Moz Mike working? How are you today, mate? <laughs> um, I'm pretty good. Um, is Moz's mic working? It's I don't know. Is it? Can you hear me this time? Yeah, it sounds good. What was the what was the isolated problem you had last time? Uh, work computer. We'll blame that. All right. Yeah. My uh, podcast computer, as we'll call it. It was uh, in in the shop. So here we are, back at it again. Guest got a, got a lift kit on it. Hey, yeah, oh, that's, that's, kit. that's guest to you. Guest guest to me. How <laughs> <laughs> right, mate? You was yeah, pretty well. Good. Thanks. That's good. That's good. Ready for another sh- uh, episode? Uh, very this ready. Wonderful podcast. I was born ready. Oh, wow. That's uh, impressive, seeing as when you were born, this was not a thing. <laughs> All right, let's go. Lots to talk about. Plenty of news happening. Plenty of uh, NFL happening. Anyone watch the game today? Because I actually missed it. So you're going to have to fill me in. Yeah, Wednesday morning football B-bills. was pretty good. Yeah, I watched a bit of the first half, but uh, missed the second half. Yeah, there's only one day this week we don't have football mm. during the actual weekdays. That's exciting. Yeah, Thursday. So what did I miss, apart from an absolute trouncing? Oh, was, I thought it was a pretty good start of the game. It just blew out at the end, I think, when Josh Allen, they fell Shit behind a bit. bit. Um, yeah. Well, he turned it over the, the a team, bit. He, didn't, he was given a lot of, like, the Bills made a lot of errors. Like, they were, um, I know, neutral zone infractions, offsides, false starts. It was just like, they were playing like from behind, especially when they... Dropped the lead. He threw an intercept on the first drive, which I think came off the receiver's hands. Yeah. And popped up, which probably, you know, wasn't really his fault. Should have really continued the drive going well. But then um, <laughs> Titans started with the ball pretty much on the Bills' 10-yard line. So Yeah, he was going for a dive. I watched the highlight literally as you were talking, going for a diving catch. Popped up. Yeah, straight into his hands. That's unlucky um, for Allen. It sucks that it goes on his stats. Too, like, the other thing about it was that they, they moved the ball slow, like... The Titans were just, they really applied the points late. It was like, late in the fourth quarter, they scored two touchdowns to really blow it up. But it's off. It's interesting to see garbage time points come from the team in the lead. Like, I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, the Titans actually looked really good. Like, AJ Brown back, Jonu Smith, Derrick Henry, all three of them were weapons. Like, mm. the Bills didn't really know what to do at, at any time with stopping the Titans moving down the field. So is this a sign of things to come for the Titans, do you think? Or I don't know. I think the Titans' defense isn't great enough to continue an undefeated season, but their offense did look very strong, and it's how they how they move it. Like They're, they're very balanced in their approach. There's the power of Derrick Henry, but also they've got a good short game, and then A.J. Brown and the other receivers to sort of go deep. So they actually look pretty good. It's It's, it's enjoyable to watch them move on offense it's not just Derrick Henry ground and pound like it was a little bit of a while ago now they're really starting to you know put a bit of flashy plays in there I'd say what do you reckon about uh, Johnny Smith I was going to ask you about that actually yeah talking was... about him a couple of weeks ago because I, I said I wouldn't trade him I think he's a top six tight end and he's he's a start every week tight end and I, I can just already hear the narratives that I'm going to hear on every fantasy podcast this week. Sell high, sell high. Cor- no, Corey Davis is out, and um, oh, okay. yeah, the other wide receiver that they got from the the Bucks, Humphreys. Humphreys is out. Though it was he was the only option, but no, it's it's again he's he's a huge target in the red zone, and he's the second most targeted player in the team. Um, maybe he 
levels out with Corey Davis or something, but still he's looking at like six plus targets a week for a tight end and he scores touchdowns and he makes big plays. Like I I drafted him everywhere in the offseason, so obviously I'm a bit biased, but I think he's just pretty much it's Kelsey Kittle Waller right at the top and then there's sort of this next tier of him and Hunter Henry and Noah Fan and those kind of players. Oh, Mark Andrews. Oh, Mark Andrews, sorry, yeah, at the top. Um, yeah, so I, I think sort of those those next three or four tight ends, he's he's right up there with a chance to be next. And, yeah, he's not too old either, so I think he's he's got a bit of staying power too. I won't disagree with you. I think I drafted him in Chiefs 1 out of the start, hoping that he'd be a, a bit of a gun. And then it just took him a little while to get going, and I dropped him, and now I'm just hating life because I dropped him. But, um, that- no, I reckon he's a top five, top six tight end the rest of the way. I mean, why? He was doing it when Corey Davis was there. That's the thing. I mean, and now he did it today without him. But, you know, he's still a massive unit and a very, very good athletic weapon. So I don't see why not. I think he still just hasn't had that game with everybody available. But Yeah, I think that's the... No, I, think, I just like think AJ he's... Brown had played enough. All of them have Yeah, maybe there. that's and what surely... it is, AJ Brown. But does he play over the middle much, AJ Brown? Like, that's where... Yeah, that's what I think. I think his role is just kind of different to the other players. So. Yeah, that's where Jordan is. I don't is think over it's middle, really right. affected. Petey, anything else to say? Well, I just think it, you, the targets that... There's not always going to be the same amount of targets. And I'm not saying... I don't see him being that tight end we're talking about, but the volume might drop a little bit, just, you know, a target or two a game, because when there's only two guys there that are trustworthy, they're only going to go to the two guys when they, they want, right? They're not going to have five weapons to throw the ball to. And I guess it makes him very valuable, considering they're not very good um, with the running back in the passing game. So I guess that's a good thing for, for a tight end. Often you see the tight end's volume can be eaten into when they have a good running back that's a pass catcher. Just for yeah. those checkdowns that are like the safety, the safety valve plays and like the, you know, the ones that accumulate enough to like bump your safe your your floor up from a, you know, a zero point floor to like you know that five six mark where they they should always get five or six points if they get a touchdown, or or a big play you're pretty happy. Yeah. Like I was looking at the score and just box score scouting, and I was like, Ryan Daniel, 21 for 28 for only 195, but they put 42 points on the board. Now I'm just watching all the highlights. They had short field, like 20 yards, four or five times. So what do you think about Tannehill this year? There's a Yeah, there was a play where they got um, – they were at maybe the 15 or something and third third and long and – and got a rough in the passer call or something like that and just got a second chance. He just kept getting gifts up to send him up the field and, and score touchdowns. But Yeah, right. Look, he's the short played, field all the time. They played for it, especially on offense. They they got a lot of offside calls um, with the hard snap count, which was probably... I heard something them saying that it's more popular to be used, especially with less of a crowd. Mm-hmm. There's no... Crowd noise to mask, or which often you think a home team would do it more to to draw an away team offside or something. But they got they were smart in how they drew a lot of penalties, but they also did get a lot of advantageous penalties in field position to really set themselves up. So I think if they they could be like the the masking of this result is that they played well, but they also were given a good like starting point to move with. They weren't didn't have to work everything off their one yard line and drive hundred yards like. Amazingly, they they got a bit of a head start in some instances. 
So thoughts on Tannehill this year? Pretty decent. Yeah. Doing his job. Pretty much what you want. I think it, it's interesting to watch. Maybe it's the rushing, but as a Baker Mayfield owner in a couple of leagues, it's just really frustrating because he seems to, you know, their team's playing really well and they score a bunch of points and you look at his score and it's just 15, 16, 15. You're like, what? And then you look at Tannehill and he seems to do the same thing. Like he has under 200 yards, but all of a sudden he's got 26 and it's just like, what is he doing? I don't quite know what it is. It's just a little bit of rushing or something. So he rushes for touchdowns. Yeah. That's it, yeah, and Baker Mayfield doesn't throw for enough touchdowns. Like he yeah. might throw for one yeah. or two. That's his. Like he, Baker's he, got two touchdowns throwing every week. Yeah, this year except week one. Tannehill had, had three today plus a rushing yeah. touchdown. So yeah. it's like that's the difference. That a good quarterback. It's multi touchdown. Tannehill's had a four touchdown, a three touchdown, and now one rushing touchdown plus forty two yards. So that's how he gets such a high score. He's got thirty points in our Chiefs once league this week so it's yeah. impressive on the dot again yeah i think so, it's just uh, yeah. it's a bit like the the aaron jones thing like you know he can't keep being this efficient and keep scoring touchdowns well you know you watched it for a whole season last year and he came out of the gates and he's doing the same thing so stop out and just just ride it while it's happening like mm. he's efficient um and that's just the way they play they they throw in good situations to good receivers and they're, they're scoring points so Exactly, so start up, start up your Tannehills. That's mm. what I'm hearing here. Anything else you took from this game? Jerry Coon is a big unit and shoved the guy 40,000 rows into the stands <laughs> by the looks of him. Who <laughs> was it, Josh Norman? Or... Josh Norman, yeah, yeah. sent him to the stands. Sent him for a hot dog. He tries to tackle him high, he just picks him up and just throws him on the ground as he's running past, just kind of looks down at him and it's just like, hey, yeah, Get bitch. Off me, you peasant. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, good fun. Absolute tailing, though. Um, wasn't really expecting a 42 to 16 scoreline, but uh, yeah, look, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So we'll get into the, our news and uh, news from from this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool beans. Um, oh, Dan Quinn, <laughs> Dan Quinn got the sack. GM Thomas Dimitrov also got sacked. They've installed a Raheem, a Raheem Morris, yeah, is going smart. to be the new interim head coach. Yeah, very smart. Hopefully they're a little bit hotter, steady, hot and strong. <laughs> Well, he has. He's what are they? One? No, wait. Was that them or was that the other team? No, it was the other one. Never mind. Um, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what Raheem can do. Reckon he can turn this franchise around this year, or reckon it's just yeah, tank for just whoever. Stay on and on, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, they can uh, start uh, winning, unlike what Dan Quinn was doing. He yeah, did I not mean, put the win in Quinn. I think it's interesting that they sacked the uh, GM. Um, and be interesting to see what happens up until the trade deadline, whether they're trying to start a rebuild now or whether they're going to just wait till next year. I think they've got a lot of sort of expensive players. I don't know how successful they'll be, but something to watch. Petey, what do you reckon? Good thing, bad thing? Medium oh, thing? Probably better to get it out of the way now, um, mm. but it's a long way till the end of the season, so a lot of stuff can get more... Could... I guess complicated for him now. So, like, they'll be on a hunt yeah. for a head coach, but there's not a big market at the moment. So, could the Jets take a lesson from this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. I don't see. Like at the moment, you you sit there and you put like a caretaker in, right? But there's no there's no like candidates in the market to say, oh, let's pull this head coach up from 
doing nothing because a good coach is always doing something. So for me, it's sort of like, yeah, the longer you, you want to, firing a head coach at the end of the season is the better outcome, I think, to moving forward because you think you're, you're thinking the head smarter. But now it's like you get the double option of does this guy that came in after Dan Quinn's firing to be the interim head coach, did he do a really good job of coaching them if they bounce, turn it around or the players realize that um, they're playing for a position now and they stepped it up when like the comfort disappeared and their life's on the line type thing and they, they started to play better and it's sort of a can mask that a little bit. So I think that's what the, the job the jets are thinking. They're thinking just, we know we're going to fire him, but it doesn't help us to fire him too early. Yeah, but it doesn't help. Yeah, look, I guess you're right. I suppose if they do it now or if they do it after week 16, I suppose either way, like the new coach comes in and does what he needs to do in the off season rather than do it during the season. But in saying that, surely you want a little bit of change. And, you know, the Jets fans are just going to keep leaving, really. Yeah. They're just going to say, well, if Gase is there, I'm not going to watch games. You see it all the time. Well, if yeah. Gase is there, I'm not going to watch games. Well, then, you know, your fan base is leaving. Yeah. Do something well, about did it. Did you see how many people showed up to that Gase protest? There was only like four people. Yeah, it's because, you know, Jets fans, there's probably only um, four of them. But I think there's <laughs> the option maybe with the Falcons that they went with is they have a good enough offense to, even though they might lose games if it's a shootout, they should be at least in every game, somehow having a chance, right, with that offense. So mm. maybe they're thinking that the head coach isn't doing it and the the new guy they bring it in just to, for the part-time, he can turn the season around and not um, maybe give him a shot. At yeah, you might be right there. To, yeah. Like, there's still enough... They've done it early enough where there's enough games to win. So, like, let's cut our losses and, try, and, and go for it now with something else because whatever we've got now is not working, whereas the Jets probably are, like... Whatever we've got's not working in. Yeah, we don't have a shot anyway. They're a completely different zero and five to the Jets or uh, Peter Azapati's <laughs> team in the Sheep's one. Um, yeah, no, they're a good, they're a good team. They're just no not comeback like, at like all. The Falcons. No comeback at all. <laughs> uh, just no. You probably are actually more like the Falcons, to be honest. A good wide receiver that's injured, um, and and some other things. But uh, yeah, I think. Pete's probably right. They're like they're trying to get some wins because I don't think they necessarily want, you know, to be the tanking team. Like that's not good for their their image. They've got a good roster. They know they're going to win games, sort of almost accidentally. They just send Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Todd Gurley out there. Um, so they may as well have a go at trying to make the playoffs and see what happens. Like seven mm. teams get in. Who knows what could happen with the COVID going on? So yeah, they're not going to be. Like, I don't expect them to be picking first overall at the end of the year. I think they'll probably uh, sneak into the low single digits or early double digit picks. Yeah, but, but um, look, they've made a move, so what do you do? Um, next piece of news we'll talk about here is uh, Dak Prescott's uh, terrible injury, broken everything in his leg. Uh, it was pretty sad, actually. Um, you know, when a, a bloke's leg goes floppy, it's definitely not what you want to see. Um, turns you off your lunch, that's for sure. So mm. he's done for the year. Um, not a great time to be doing it because you know contract year and all. He's hoping to get heaps of money, and yeah, it's not a good situation for old Dak. But it's just it's a bad, bad for the Cowboys. Yeah, bad think, for really. Dak, bad for the Cowboys, mm. and bad for fantasy fans. Right, mm. everyone's. This wasn't just like oh, a player that got hurt. He was like you know playing really well. The team necessarily wasn't winning, but you can't say 
they weren't. It wasn't from Dak. Well. Yeah. Um, they just needed some some stops on defense. But I think it really. I, I don't want to write off the Cowboys because that division's so bad. Poor. I think the word you're after is shit house. Yeah. So, <laughs> like the Cowboys still look like a good team, perhaps in a bad division, and maybe that division's just got a bad uh, bad start to the season. So. In, in that chance, they've still got a chance, I think, with and especially having Dalton there to, to back it up. So he could be a big fantasy saviour for people that um either had him stashed in their Superflex lineups or are going to blow their budget on waivers today. I'll tell you what, it might be a good situation for Dalton because it's the first time he's had a proper coach in the last 25 years, I'm pretty sure. Because, <laughs> you know, he's always been sitting there with, who was it, Marvin Lewis at the Bengals? Yep. Just couldn't beat his way out of a paper bag with him coaching. So maybe this... Could be, you know, you might only drop, say, 10% of value off the wide receivers. You might see a bit of an increase for Zeke because, you know, they might run the ball a little bit more. But it could be a situation where, you know, Dalton comes in and he's very, very serviceable. I mean, he was not he's not a terrible quarterback. He's yeah. just been in bad situations. Do you reckon he can win a playoff game if they can make it? Because he hasn't Not won if it's in prime time. Game. <laughs> now, Dalton's thing was he's, he... Hasn't like won a the, playoff game. The Bengals won the division a few years in a row, I'm pretty sure. Um, they were playing well when there was like AJ Green, AJ Green at his prime. But as soon as they got to the playoffs, they sort of choked. So maybe it'll be a test to say whether it was the Bengals that choked in the playoffs or whether it's uh, Andy Dalton. Andy D. Because I think they have, still have a, they have a good chance there. Um, I don't see... No team in that division is going to blow it out of the water at this stage. Um, there's a lot of injuries and... Poor performance affecting that whole division. So give them a chance, and yeah, well, let's just see what happens for a week. Uh, to see if Dal- Dalton's any anything that can save them. But uh, is it too early for the name team name uh, Crack Prescott? Or yes, too early. Okay, yeah, maybe too next soon. year. Then. Maybe next what week. You... I think probably the one thing I was going to say when Pete said uh, it's bad for fantasy managers is not just the Cowboys as well. It's like everybody that plays the Cowboys because you just know they're going to pile mm. on the points. And so you can start everyone else against them, not just because it's a bad defense, but also because they're going to have to score a ton of points just yep. to keep up with them. So it's a bit sad. It might bring that scoring average for the season that's way up down a bit. Hopefully not, though. Do you think it impacts the, the Cowboys players that are probably going real hot at the moment? Mm. Who's the most impacted by a change of quarterback? Like, do we see the Cowboys being as aggressive and high-scoring offense now, are they going to try and perhaps refine it a little bit or be, I don't know, less flamboyant maybe? Hashtag establish the run, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it could be that or it could just be like, you know, um, let's yeah, see what Dalton can do, put it on his back and hope that he can kind of carry him a little bit further. But I don't know. It's a tough it's sitch. Dalton the legs of Dak Prescott too. Yeah, that too. Like that's, that's one thing that those, these mobile quarterbacks on all of the good ones at the moment can just buy something with their legs. Whereas some of these pocket passes, like you get Philip Rivers and he's stuck in a pocket and it collapses. Oof, you can't you can't rely on him to even if it's a straight ten meters, no one there. The defender's going to close him before he gets there. Whereas these other guys have that speed and ability with their legs, which is just you know so valuable. I think to teams, especially when they're playing on good defenses, to extend drives and keep mm. going. So. That'll be the difference. I think he has probably the arm and the, the quarterback skills to do it, but does he have that scrambling ability that, that Dax found so useful for them? I mean, let's give it a week and we'll find out. Um, might be a tick up for all of those worried Gallup shares that people are like, oh, you know, maybe he'll look for Gallup. Maybe he'll just go and 
continue what Dak was doing and hit the targets to Liam and Cooper, and we still have that panic about Gallup. But, uh, yeah, so wait and see. Let's see what Dalton can do for a week. It's probably worth a pick up if you're, you know, desperate for a quarterback. I mean, you could do worse than having three of the best wide receivers in a core in the entire league. So, yeah, even if you're up. not desperate, they've got a pretty uh, good schedule. So I think he's probably mm. in a two QB league. He's pretty much a starter almost. Or a yeah, he's, he's definitely got to be owned for sure in a two quarterback league. Um, all right, let's let's keep moving on. It's a shame. It is a shame, and, and you know everyone says, "Oh, we hate the Cowboys," but you never want to see a quarterback go down with such a bad, no. um, a bad injury. So, uh, Lev Bell got released today. Actually, um, came back from lunch and went bam. See you later, Bell. Bit of a shock or semi expected here. What do you reckon, boys? Anyone can take the mantle. I think it's a bit of a shock for me that he was perhaps dropped, but not a shock that the Jets want to move on from him. Um, Thought they might have waited until the end of the year at least, because yeah, uh, I think it, like there was that talk of them trading him, but he was on such a big contract. No one wants, like, no one's going to take his contract. So bad luck, like trying to trade him. You'd have to give the Jets would have to give something up for someone to take him. I think. Um, but what do you like on that topic of where does he go, or does a team pick him <laughs> up straight away? Do you think he's he does the Devontae Freeman hang around for a little bit before he gets a deal, or does someone does he just Take what he gets and move on pretty quick. Like, what are the teams it? that need a running back at the moment? Really, I'd argue the the uh, the Browns might, considering they lost Chubb, mm. and That'd whether they're crazy. Like, just and they're going all right. So some depth. They're mm-hmm. te- like they had. They can appreciate that. I could see another running back well. in the back room. That depth factor. That's why they had Kareem Hunt, right? So I couldn't. I could see them fitting into a model that they would select him. There's talk of the Patriots, but. I mean, they, they're, they're not going to pay They're not going to pay him, though, surely. Oh, I don't think... Well, does he really care about getting paid? Or does he want to get on a team and prove himself this season so he can he fit free agency? Get something in free agency. I think mm, you sign whatever probably. you get now so you can play. Like Okay, so do you think he will sign a contract by the end of the matches this week? I'm going to say no. Okay. Interesting. I think he, he's a bit he's a bit conservative. So he, I mean, do you see him rushing into just taking an offer or taking his time? Like, yeah, you can see him taking his time for sure. Like, he's not. I don't know. I think, I, what about if like if the Patriots and the Browns and the Seahawks or something all offer him contracts? Like, you don't think he's going to want to go and play for one of these five and oh, four and one teams? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd... yeah, but I think he's also going to. Just depends on who comes knocking. That's yeah, who all. comes yeah. up. If if what about if he gets an offer from I don't know the Giants? Is he gonna oh, yuck. Play? No, he's not going to go play there. Like, he's not going to play for the Giants. He wants yeah. to go somewhere he can win if he's playing. But there's the winning teams don't always have the the space to. Well, yeah. If he's offered, winning teams might come to him with minimum, minimum money. Yeah, yeah. He might be like, well, maybe a better winning team could offer me. Mm. Like the Se- Seahawks could come to him with a low offer, and he's like waiting out for one of the other teams to. Like, he's not going to just sign to the first team that says, hey, come here. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to try and make sure that he builds a little bit of competition and, and gets the best deal. Yeah, look, tough to see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't. I kind of almost don't see him signing, obviously, before this weekend's game, seeing it's already Wednesday. Um, yeah, I heard someone say, well, maybe the Cardinals here would be a good landing spot. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So, yeah. Actually, uh, that would just, be just, Hey. That would be interesting. Yeah, well, they don't have a third running back at the moment. Yeah. It's just Chase Edmonds and um, Kenyon Drake, who's really looked 
pretty average. So, um, yeah, so there is $15 million in dead cap this year, $4 million next year in dead cap. They paid him $28 million to play 15 games. Yeah. Happy days, eh? Good, Do you know what really screwed Good budgeting, really. Adam Gates. Bill O'Brien getting oh. sacked the week before. Like, he's the guy they could have traded him to, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably would have taken Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Off the books from. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Keenan Allen, uh, he had a sneaky little back spasm injury uh, from... That was yesterday's game, wasn't it? It's all blending in now this week. Holy moly. Um, he's got a week off this week, so hopefully he'll be right by week seven. Um, he started off pretty well in the first quarter and then uh, took the rest of the game off. Um, Davin Cook, he's got a adductor strain right in his groin region. Um, so he's probably going to miss week six. He's got to buy in week seven. Um, probably, by the looks of reports, be right for week eight. So all of those Alexander Madison uh, owners out there probably got one week of, of good production. Anything you want to say about those two? Or yeah, nah. Yeah, the Dalvin Cook one was interesting because he went straight off and didn't look very good. So the bye week falls pretty well for him, I think. But it'll be interesting to see how after the bye week, whether he's back to full health or whether it's going to be another week or two after that. Because that'll start to, I guess, put some concern into the Dalvin Cook owners. I think um, if you don't have Alexander Madison like me in a Chips 2, um, you're probably like, oh, well... Shit. It's a wait and see game, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like me and uh, the 11 by 11. Don't have a uh, good old Madison. Damn cool going up, but yeah. Uh, AJ Green, he sucks and has a hamstring injury. What do you reckon is, about AJ Green? What do you do with him? He's going to retire. Him, like, trade him on the bench? Uh, yeah, I reckon that was dodgy. I don't reckon he said <laughs> trade me. Man, people just blow it up, eh? I was like, no, I don't reckon he said trade me. But yeah. Oh, hello. Oh. Oof, da. My um, dog's got what, a sideways tooth in his mouth and he's very upset with me right now. Well, it is your fault. So. <laughs> so we, I thought he was upset that we were talking about AJ Green going trader. He's a big Bengals fan. He does really <laughs> hate AJ Green. <laughs> so what do you do with AJ Green? See you later, champ? Or what do you what do you do with him? Yeah, like... Wonderful chat. I mean, if you're on in a dynasty and you've got a big roster, maybe you're sticking him somewhere away, but... If you're in a redraft, cut him. Like he's he's not playable. Like T. Higgins has taken his job already. Um, and yeah, like, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd's their their one, and yeah. but sort of a slot one. And T. Higgins seems to be rapidly stepping into the That's the favourite target of um yeah Joe Burrow. So. Good to see that development happening, and I just think AJ Green's not getting it done. Joe Burrow doesn't trust him; he's just not exciting anymore. So what? You're not starting him, so what's the point of even holding him? You're right. Too do you think right. it has anything to do with? Like, I'm not sure on this, but is AJ Green still getting the, the top corner covering him that allows these other good receivers to play in more favourable coverages that Joe Burrow is taking advantage of? Oh, mate, I'm pretty sure I saw him not even try and run a route the other day, let alone beat a corner. So, yeah. do you think, I think it's an effort? I think you it's think an he... effort thing. Yeah. He's just, he's, you know, he's just kind of given up on the Bengals and says, "See you later. I don't want to try too much. Just get rid of me, and I'll try somewhere, try harder somewhere else." Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I just don't even know that he can. I think even that... yeah, even if you're at the top corner, you're thinking, "Well, I haven't seen this guy do anything for a few years, so why why would I put the top corner on him?" Until he That's starts beating us. If, 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 if he changes to him, if he is playing against the best defender on the team 
and all of a sudden teams think maybe we need to put it on someone else, does that allow an opening for him to perform better against worse talent? Or oh, I'd have to go and look at the tapes, eh? See what the going on. You see on. his talent being gone. Because like, otherwise, what's the point of keeping him if we don't see him being able to perform, right? Yeah, no, I agree. In it's, Dynasty, yeah. what is that that means it's a, a clear and easy selling for whatever you can get? Holy crap. What's going on? A waiver just cleared in that IDP league we're in. 55 bucks for Travis Fulgham. Oh, 55 I thought 15 was going to be way too much. <laughs> That's how deep that league is. Oh, man, I should have just spent my whole bloody budget on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, oh, you know, 15 People might have a go at me because, you know, it's a random wide receiver who had one blowout game. Far out. <laughs> who was it that blew it? Uh, kind of a coder, maybe. Oh, he's for 5 and 0, is he? Oof, Yeah, bloody. Anyway, moving on from AJ Green. He sucks. Let's move on. It's depressing me. Um, who are we talking about? Baker Mayfield's got a rib injury. He's apparently going to play through. Not a great. Um, yeah, it was Kuda. Not a great defense to go and try and play with a, you know, either with a cracked rib or a what's he ribbed or whatever's, whatever's going on with his rib. I mean, the. Steelers defense is going to come and get him. So, um, any concern about Baker Mayfield, or just start him up? See you later. Do you even start think, him up these days? Yeah, yeah, he's like a fringe starter anyway. So I guess it doesn't really. If he can't throw the ball, but I guess they continue to run it more. But he's not really throwing the ball like mad anyway. So who cares? Um, Fair enough. Yep. Uh, DJ Shark. He's got an ankle injury. I don't know what the um, the update on that is no reports that I could find on the online platforms. So uh, just keep an eye on him. Deontay Jack- Johnson, I almost said Jackson, has a back problem, no time frame. He's got limited practice this week, apparently, to see if he can get it right for this weekend. But he might miss a week. Um, and Chase Claypool had, I think it was uh, 74 touchdowns last week. Pretty impressive game from him. Mm. Worth an ad. <laughs> I mean, all of those people that got him in a rookie draft, you'd be cheering, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Uh, I think this is an interesting one as well because uh, all the waivers are obviously clearing right now and I just uh, picked up Chase Claypool in that Invitational League. Um, spent 30 bucks on him. Woofed. But uh, realised that I also had like a really low bid on Henry Ruggs that I missed out on. <laughs> and so Henry Ruggs went for $1. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I should have gone for Henry Ruggs instead, I think. Well, Andy Dalton, 51. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, um, yeah, I think Chase Claypool, I think if you see something like that on the Pittsburgh offense, um, go for it, because if it is real, it's the type of offense that can support that kind of player, and Mm. we've seen it before with tons and tons of receivers, even if it's only for a year. Um, You know, Juju in his first year, you saw a great year for Martavis Bryant. They're just, um, it's a good team for wide receivers like they've got a good offensive line quarterback that maybe doesn't push it deep as much as he used to but still a good quarterback mm-hmm. and um a great wide receiver core so they can't really afford to just stick their best cornerback on the rookie coming in they've they've got to handle Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster as well so a huge mismatch opportunity for a massive dude who's real fast yeah look um Steelers just keep pumping out wide receivers, as you said. I don't know what it is. They've just got, obviously, the, something in the water there for wide receivers. But uh, interesting to see what happens with Juju at the end of this year, free agent, whether they you know keep him around or whether they say, see you later. Um, yeah, 
going to be interesting. Uh, Sammy Watkins, he's going to miss a couple of weeks with a hamstring. This might be our time for um, Miko Hartman that we predicted at the start of the year to come in and earn some reps and do some work. Um, yeah, Robinson is going to be the one. That and then, yeah, you know, Robinson gets all hands. the bloody targets these days as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, not much to add on that one. Uh, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, he's gone. Um, it's good to see Alex Smith come in and get a few reps, not that he did much with them, uh, but apparently Kyle Allen's going to be the starter from here on. Uh, Seemed like he took a happens. sack on every single drop back. Oh, yeah, the poor guy. Everyone in the stands was <laughs> packing their shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else to add? Any other news or notes that I have missed that you guys can think of? Nah, let's let's keep going on to the old uh, Survivor Leagues, eh? Into the Survivor Leagues. Let's go. Survivor 1. Ewers, do you want to run through Survivor 1? Yeah, so I body wins immunity with a matchup score of 3-2. to two. Um Obviously, there were six matchups. We had a draw at 86.26 all. the hell is there a draw? <laughs> I've never seen this before in my life. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, I hope the stack correctors don't come and fuck this up for us. <laughs> yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Um, it means that we didn't have to do any tiebreakers. So, Matane Moody <laughs> heading to Tribal Council. Can't vote out Mahomes again because he's uh, just scoring huge points. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also won the highest margin this week. So, he wins the top secret reward. Petey, you want to run through Survivor 2 or you just don't care? Yeah, I'll go through Survivor <laughs> 2. Um, Polamanu tribe wins this week. Um, matchups were drawn 3-3. However, they had the higher combined total score, so therefore they're safe this week. The tag of a lower tribe is heading to Tribal Council where they cannot vote out W. Thompson because he had the highest score and he also won by the highest margin, so he's got the secret reward also. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, Tribal Council this week. Um Probably going to be the Thursday, right? Now that because we had finished on Wednesday, give the you know the tribes some time to to discuss who they want to vote off, and you know, yeah, it those. gives us some time to get the, the fact <laughs> who won each tribe as well because we haven't told anyone yet. So get the um get the votes in. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes, especially after we are you know played God and swapped the tribes up this week. So <laughs> I'm very excited to see whether that um. Has it any impact on the alliances or what's going on around the, the leagues there? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. We uh, had a few people complaining and worried about uh, the, the tribe swapping, but uh, yeah, look, it's going to be fun well, to, definitely, to see. Definitely complaints, did you? Oh, a few people were just like, oh no, oh no, I don't want to move. But yeah, stuff, them. Right. what do you do? Uh, but, uh, you know, true survivor fashion here. I've got a little sneaky interview with one of last week's uh, voted out tribe members. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear what he had to say about him being voted out? Hopefully, we can hear this. It's just on my phone, so just um, um, just imagine he's standing at a camera, like in front mm. of like a you know bamboo desk type thing, and there's some torches going in the background. And it's dark and it's night. Just, just close your eyes and imagine that he's got some dirt on his face because he's been in the bush for you know, yeah. and he's got a headband around his head still. From what tribe was he? Uh, yep, yeah, <laughs> he definitely was. He had a buff on uh, from the... Oh, my God. Where are you? So many tabs. Yep. <laughs> Did we figure it out? No. Strachan. Straco. Straco. Polamalu tribe. <laughs> so, let's hear what he had to say, hey? Hopefully, we can hear this. It might be like my mic last week. Let's see how we go. So, this was a little bit unexpected. Really, was a bit of a shock to receive a full tribe of votes. Uh, when you do try to chat to everyone, you know, support with trades, I thought that it might have given me a bit of security, but I guess not. I did make a few moves to try and strengthen my team, and it looks like I may have made a few too many good ones and got my target placed on my back. 
That's certainly the indication the drive gave me on my departure. It's a fun few rounds, and I'm keen and real excited to give this a whirl again next season. Thanks. Bye. Clearly disappointed. He sounds disappointed. Sounds like. Got it. Did we hear it or? Yeah, you can hear yeah, the yeah. sadness in his voice. It's uh, he shattered. Yeah. Look, I would be too. I mean, we're playing for heaps of things. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Straco, sad to see him go. But uh, you know what? See if he comes back next year in the uh, Survivor 2021 season. So, yeah, look, we'll see what happens this week. Um, you know, hopefully these uh, what do you call it? Uh, alliances are all happening, and we. You know, with this tribe swap, we get some action. See if there's any um, things that might happen out of the ordinary from the last five weeks. We haven't seen anything happen really in tribals, apart from just, you know, people voting. So let's see what happens. Yeah, we excited? I'm excited. Yeah. Get your votes into one of us ASAP. Um, we'll post on the on the thingamajigs as per usual. Because um, we all know you're definitely all listening to this podcast. So happy days. Well, all right. So we've got some. Somehow as well. They're, they're sitting outside my window or something. <laughs> wow. That's weird. Please don't do that. All right. Uh, talking points. Peter, you had a, a sneaky little uh, talking point for this for this week, and I, I don't mind it. So do you want to run us through it? Or? Oh, was this the, the tanking do's and don'ts? Do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. I'm just reading off. Do's and don'ts. Oh, sorry. Do you want me to fix it? Yeah, tanking do's and donuts. Um, there you, there yeah. you go. Hang on. Yep, let me just... Yep, there we go. <laughs> Tanking do's and don'ts. Okay, so what's uh, we're looking at teams that are probably zero uh, and five at the moment. Does he, does, does anyone know any teams that are zero and five at the moment off the top of their head? Yeah, my team's zero and five. Oh, are they shit? Well, Sorry. I think we've said it like seven times already. And I'm going to say it one more time: zero and five. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Petey, we love you. Well, one thing not to do is yeah, move your first too early before the season starts and you get rattled by injuries because now yeah, you're fighting your ass off to win a game and you don't. <laughs> have any benefit from coming last so it's it's tough and i think i had a good discussion with paul this week and about some things and because he was also owen four starting the week but he obviously got a win um in that idea of like how do you how do you cope with a a good team that's just not performed like you have a a team that should be doing better than it is and you could see next season it being better but how do you put up with like losing every week and and not and getting that tilt of trading? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting to be like you know you you sit there with that um, mindset of panic because I guess you're like I'm going so bad and it's only benefit the the worse I go it only benefits the owner of my first even more right so I'm mm-hmm. but you're not prepared to I guess sell your soul to get out of it right so it's it's that each week it's just a different grind of nearly going to that redraft level of how do I try and win this one matchup this week with the team I have and whatever scraps I can pick off waivers. So um, it's been interesting, but I think going to how how to do it well, um, in Sheeps 2, I have four first-round picks. Um, do you really? Jesus. I, yeah, so uh, all I sold was... I did sell Alvin Kamara, which was got me two first. Oh, that's all right. You just got three. Brandon Cooks and a second, so... That was a handy haul, but um, I think one thing that I, I do like to do when I'm trying to rebuild is you want to try and sell your aging assets and especially your in-prime running backs, but you don't want to sell them just for the, the sake of it, right? But mm-hmm. now's, like, 
now's the time to get maximum value because by the time you've rebuilt, you might not have those running backs might not be any good anymore, and you you held on to them and got and now you're rebuilding again, so to speak. I think you have to, especially for a team that's rebuilding, you have to buy running backs in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, any points you guys have on the dos and dons? Yeah, look, I think the important thing is to not panic for starters and just sell absolutely everything. I mean, if you've got something that you can build around with like a kind of 25, 26-year-old wide receiver or 25, 26-year-old running back to just not panic and just say, oh, I'll just take um, you know, a, a, a rookie wide receiver for or just you know, a starting running back sort of thing. You still need to start a team that's you know, it's going to be competitive maybe next year, maybe the year after. I mean, you just don't go and sell everything. Um, if, you've, if, you've, if you're a guy that's got, say, DJ Moore, for example, you're not just going to sell DJ Moore just for a first-round pick sort of thing. I mean, you've still got to get value for the players that you've got. Don't just sell them for the sake of selling them. Um, I think I've seen it a few times where people just panic and pull the trigger on, on trades that they just shouldn't have taken. So that's one thing I'll say. Definitely don't just sell for just picks. If you can get uh, a picks plus a youth player, like a, you know... Um, these guys, Chase Claypools, your, um, you know, your Brandon Ayukes, your T. first Higgins. or second, yeah, T Higgins is those kind of your first and second year wide receivers. Yeah, be cheering. Um, don't just sell them for say like a first and then a 2022 third or something like that. That's not going to help you as much as say a T Higgins or a you know Ayuk or a whoever the youth wide receivers are at the moment. I can't even think of any because I'm absolutely hopeless. Um, that's that's what I would say. Don't just panic and sell everything for nothing. I think Make sure me, you get players back as well. I think for me, um, what Pete said earlier kind of resonated with me. Like, you know, you, you look at your team and you think, oh, this team is not that bad, but I'm just not winning. Mm. And it, it happened to me last year. And admittedly, I did make some moves in the offseason to try and, um, you know, improve my team a bit. And I uh, went and got Lamar Jackson and George Kittle. But they actually haven't really helped me that much this year. I mean, Kittle's only played two games and obviously he put up a monster score, but I'd won that game comfortably anyway. It's actually, you know, my Beckhams, my Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen, they're all just um, picking back up again this year. And so it's not really that, you know, I made good moves or anything. It's just that the bad luck I had last year has reversed a bit and those players are performing now. Obviously, I did still make some moves when it was happening, and I had my first, which makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's really two ways you can rebuild. One is in a new league, generally you still got all your picks. Everyone still has all their picks, so they've got sort of control over where they they're picking in a in a league. So when you're zero and five, you can just continue to lose, and and you end up with a really high pick. Once you're you know two or three years into a dynasty league. Your first round picks are all over the place. Everyone's got different picks and it starts, you know, tanking in inverted commas becomes less of a like, I'm going to lose games on purpose. And it becomes more of a, I'm going to make strategic moves to help me next year rather than this year. And um, I think what you said is exactly right, Chris Morris. It's a very dangerous thing to just think that you can see the future and, uh, you know, just trade away your old player for a young player that's doing okay now because you know sometimes the next year Dante Pettis isn't a player in the NFL anymore like you know what I mean so just um be careful trading away 
good players like uh, injured Devontae Adams when next year mm-hmm. or later in this year even he comes back and he's actually a pretty good player um, still and he's still a top mm-hmm. five wide receiver and you you sold him low just because you were tanking yeah look and, and Pete's situation like you said you're tanking Pete well not really tanking but um, like the players you've lost this year are, are huge like you wouldn't go and just sell them all why would you sell you know, um, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, who else have you lost? Saquon Barkley, Courtney Sutton. You've just been unlucky. Like, you wouldn't sell any of those players. You just say, well, shit, this year's not my year. I come back next year with all of these players. And you turn it around. You've got Josh Allen, um, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams. Like, all of these are big names. It's just because they're injured that you're losing. I think the thing, one thing that I thought of that is important is you have to keep, you can't just switch, like, I can't just switch it off and be like, oh, well, write this season off and give up. Yeah. Um, in one aspect, you know, even if I can't make a team that's competitive, like I'm fighting to make teams competitive, I have to still fight to make them competitive because you never know what can happen and um, that one win or whatever result you get or fighting for that extra guy off waivers. You never, like, how many guys have come from waiver wire picks that are now studs like Waller, for mm. example? I'm pretty sure he was off picked off waivers. You, you can't just sit there, give up and hope, oh, well, I'll just wait it out next year. You have to keep there's so much value and which is great about dynasty over redraft like a redraft you'd just be like oh I'm over 0-5 oh, I can't be bothered setting my lineup so people quit mm. like that but in dynasty, yeah, you've still you got to be active yeah you have to be active you have to fight your way through it because there's there's value to be had in any situation right like you could be you could have the backup for someone else's running back if you're not at that opportunity to try and sell when there's a moment there I'm trying to move trades for any little bit of value you can um you're not going to get the most out and, and rebuild properly. So I think that's what I'm just trying to do is sort of be, I don't know, value-wise on... Keep the value high on the players that actually are high value that I think, you know, the standard is in most leagues that when a team's doing bad, you go and try and vulture their best players for something that they think might be good. But really, it doesn't take, like, you know, anyone with half a brain to realise that's not a very good offer from this young wide receiver that's just missed a few games or is out injured why would I like why sell him I can just hold him till next season like um, yeah the price you're paying me isn't enough for me to consider it or the one player that I have good left um, you want him but you don't want to pay like top dollar like why do I I don't need to sell my best player like but in Dynasty everyone's got deep benches and has Mm -hmm. players there that obviously have value to people at some stage or can move around you have to be just keep moving and Mm. um just trying I guess yeah and that's the thing if you're the one that's sitting there you're not doing anything and we're in a 10 team team league in Sheeps 1 for example you've got 9 other people who are still really really active and you're going to fall behind so yeah I agree Um, any other tanking do's or do do nots that you can think of here boys I guess just don't totally give up like Mm. if you're 1 and 4 keep active you've got to keep active if you're 1 and 4 but um, you know, there's two teams at the top that are 5-0 and or something like that, and then everyone else is sort of in that 2-3, and 3-2. Three, three and two. You're only, like, two wins back from yeah. third place. Like, just don't... Just settle down. It's it's not over yet. Um, if your team's... Don't pull the trigger too early. You know, I think it's a big difference. Like, when I was in this matchup, if I could be 1-4, and four, it's yeah. a lot closer than 0-5, right? Like, mm. five losses is hard. Like, even if I win 10 games, you could not make... The final, like the playoffs in our league, with a ten and five record, I think, like nine and five, nine and is it nine and six or whatever the yeah, losing think... five games is harder to make um, 
yeah, that's pretty hard. And I think because of because you've lost Chubb and Saquon, that that makes it extra hard. Like, you know, you might be one and four, but you started the year without AJ Brown and Kenny Golladay or something, yeah. and yeah. all of a sudden now your team's actually, you know, Kenny Golladay's passed his by as well. Um, AJ mm. Brown is is as well. So you've suddenly got players coming back in, and maybe you mm. go on a big win streak and you can you can come back in. So just yeah, don't don't give up too early. Yeah, that's a good point as well. If you're um, one of those kind of fringe guys that are either, you know, what are, how many games have you played? Five, two and three, or one and four. You've got a player that's of good quality that has had a buy like Golladay. Maybe you can try and go and get two pieces that, you know, you can use straight away. Or the other way, you've got two pieces, you can go and get Golladay. Maybe that's the better option. That's what I was trying to say, rather than the other way around. If you've got two pieces that are kind of middling and you can get a Golladay or someone's had a buy, i try and go and do that and see if you can push up maybe the next two weeks and get two wins and then you're, you're back in the mix. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's probably a little bit too early to talk about tanking if, if you're one and four. With zero and five, it's a little bit hard to turn around, but, um, you know. I think the thing is... Tanking's like, hard. It's hard to do it right because, yeah. you know, people just think, oh, this guy's tanking. I'll be able to just take whatever I want and give him minimum. But you've still got to have that expectation of, I still need to get the top price for my good players. If you're, feel- if you're one of those guys that's, you know, got someone that's a, an RB2... And someone says, oh, well, he's only an RB2. I'm not going to give you a first. No, no, no. I've got an RB2 that's going to help you win. I still need the value. You know what I mean? So I think that's what happens when you're at the bottom. You're definitely Mm. right, Moz, especially with... People just try and come and rape you. When you're down there, they're like, I think you'll do anything for it. And it's like, well, nah, I've got... I've got good players here. You need to come and pay for them. And I find like some leagues I play in like random ones. You'd be like, this trade happened, but I'm still... Why am I getting offered... Um, you know, thirds for Raheem Mostert. Mm. Um, but some dude just traded a first for like, I don't know. Yeah, yep. Some other... Jameson Crowder or something, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, like people's like... values change because you're down the ladder, but hang on a yeah. minute, no. And it's also a good thing, I think, as well, a tanking do as well, is if you can go and buy one of those guys that's on IR for maybe the rest of the year or, or something, maybe people's prices are down, you've got a player that they can use to help them win, but you can get a cheapie of a guy that's on IR for the rest of the year and you can use him next year. That could be an option as well. You just, you know, hopefully get a pick with it or something with it that you can use. Yeah. Go and get one of those IR guys that you can use next year. Yeah, Especially maybe from the three like and two team that's mm. uh, just that needs really a trying to catch up to the five yeah. and oh teams. Yeah. And you've got kind of an aging guy, like even like a David Johnson. You go and try and get someone that's on IR and you can cash in on it next year. Even though you're out of contention this year, you've now got a usable player for next year. They've got a usable player this year and it's got question marks over the future. So it's definitely a way to go. We've lost so many players this season. Mm. There's surely going to be um, more injuries that will, you know, devastate teams. That if you have someone that is replace is a asset for a winning team that needs someone that they've just lost to injury, they're the ones that are vulnerable in terms of having to pay. If they they're close enough to taste the championship, they're going to be willing to give something up to get it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Like last be... year, I was you know trying to get it, and I went to Strachan, who was you know. Uh, a guy that was out of contention and said, you know what, I want your Tyreek Hill. Here's a few players and a couple of picks. You know, I still paid some, some, you know, some price for him. Probably wasn't the premium price, but Look, this he is, still made this, me pay. This is probably one of those examples of the, the don'ts, right? Mm. Tyreek was... Yeah, Tyreek Hill's not the one you wanted to sell. So, I mean, like he probably did... Get, if the price was close to fair or like... I not, can't remember the exact dates. Not, I think it was Nikhil total, Harry, a first, uh, something else. Not a yeah. total rip-off, but like... I just think Tyreek Hill fits the player that's... You build around him. You keep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of young, 
not quite in his prime sort of thing. The prime age, I guess. He's in his prime, but not the prime age, according to all of the stats. But uh, uh, anything else we want to add to this? Or you, as you've just come up with another sneaky talking point? Oh, I guess this is kind of linked as well. And it's just about this year how we're, I think we're starting to just see the starting of, of a bit of a changing of the guard at wide receivers. Um, I think some of these older guys, particularly like the best example is obviously Julio, who's starting to struggle a bit with injury, and Calvin Ridley, who's I, I think he's wide receiver one on the year so far, or close, bloody close to it, um, taking over his job. We saw it a little bit with Chris Godwin last year. These younger receivers are starting to step up, and I think... Um, Obviously, it's it's not all happening at once. It doesn't just happen in a, a big wave, but maybe just being quicker to react to that sort of thing. So, like, you know, when DK Metcalf comes out and puts on you know a bunch of touchdowns and plays really well in his rookie season, and you see, you know, hints that he could do it, but it's a little bit streaky or something like that, I think that's where you just got to jump on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about these young receivers and who we think is maybe sort of the same exercise as we did did last week is, is who are these older receivers is starting to fall out of that top five top ten and and who's creeping up like how how high are you willing to rank calvin ridley or dk metcalf or someone like that who's having a blinder of a start of the season it's a tough question because it really depends on how you're drafting, if you've got a start-up or how you're, um, you know, the first couple of rounds and what happens there. Because, you know, do you see DK Metcalf going in, say, a first round of a dynasty start-up next year? You can probably say yes. Yeah. Would I you say top five? You'd be pushing it. But, I mean, who's DK Metcalf replacing? He's replacing Tyler Lockett. I mean, 28 years old, Tyler Lockett. He's not really replacing Tyler Lockett, do Whereas Calvin Ridley Moore is sort of starting to replace. Yeah, you're probably right. I there. guess. Um, yeah, he's he's just there's only two wide receivers really in that offense, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah, is they're, also they're both sort of alphas. Um, but yeah, I think. Yeah, we're we're scared to put, you know, DK Metcalf ahead of, your. Your kind of big name wide receivers, but should we be because. He's I think so, yeah. I honestly think so. It's going to be interesting. I might have to do some um, running back wide receiver rankings to kind of think, oh, geez, next year if I mean, I'm in a startup, who am I going to take? Because if, if at the moment you said to me, you're in a startup, who are you going to take, DK Metcalf or Julio Jones? It's going to be DK, for sure. Same. So, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Julio Jones is really the only... I mean, yeah. I'm, this is off my memory, but who's another old wide receiver that's sort of in that high range... T.Y. Hilton. The similar... Yeah, T.Y. Hilton. No one's replacing him, but... Yeah. I mean, the there's a chance that someone replaced him, right? Like, But I guess there's no one behind him. But these guys are getting replaced as top 15 wide receivers, right? Like mm. someone else in the league. Like someone else yeah. is now that top 15 receiver in the league. But I think there's a... It's interesting that there isn't that many... Julio's like a exception to the rule at the moment, especially with perhaps Antonio Brown, you know leaving the game um where are the two older ones that were you know elite at an older age there's not a what's a how old's hopkins hopkins is 28 still you know what i mean like these guys are still 
Yeah, I think maybe Adam away. Thielen you might see happen soon. Well, he's a wide receiver but, one yeah, at the moment. He's yeah. just crushing it still. Um, yeah, it's, it's so hard to to know when someone's going to fall out, but I just think that AJ Brown's the other name that I didn't bring out. Um, he's He came back in today and showed exactly why everyone wanted to take him in the top 10 wide receivers. He's, he's a gun. He's enormous and... Just great. I think one thing that is, there's so much talent at wide receiver, right? You go down this list and you're like, oh, I've got 40 names that could be wide receiver ones, <laughs> but like 40 guys can't be there. Like, there isn't perhaps that, um, like, who, who is, is there a generational talent amongst this lot, or are they all just better and the game doesn't potentially have that alpha dog as much as it used to? Like, I think AJ Brown's probably the the best shot at that maybe be interesting to see what happens when Corey Davis comes back because he's had a pretty good start to the year so yeah I just think AJ Brown sort of fits the bill the best um a bit more of a do it all but I mean yeah I'm gonna gonna say I like Lamb yeah that's true I like Um, Lamb I think um (laughs) depends what happens with Cooper as well like there's a chance but contract stupid yeah I just think um I wonder whether the offense has moved to having more wide receivers on the field so that there's more value, like more wide receivers are valuable, but there's less creme of the creme at the top. Well, there's less consistency for that guy at the top. Like it's more luck and situation throughout the year. It's harder to predict who's going to be the one because back in the day there was like Megatron, um, you know, Julio and maybe Brown. And there was like, there was realistically not much chance of someone else beating one of those three, right? You'd Mm -hmm. you'd put your house on one of those three to win it all. Do you know what I mean? But now it's sort of like there's a big bunch of guys in a lot of offenses that week in, week out can have massive games and and score points. But I think that's one thing is like consistency is not as strong as it perhaps used to be. Some of these guys blow up for 30 points every third week but have some low-scoring games in between it all and they're still in the top ranks, right? Yeah, Cooper was probably another good name to bring up there. So that's an interesting replaced one, by, by Lamb because I really he's he's someone I'm a little bit worried about with um, Andy Dalton coming in had a down game this week. Um, the thing is, Amari Cooper's only 26. I mean, yeah. he's shown he can be real good. He's How? been pretty consistent this year. How can um, he only be that that old? <laughs> um, this was his first bad week. This year, yeah. This year, he's still in the um, top ten wide receivers. I think. Yeah, yeah it's it's tough to know what what to do with his contract. I mean, yeah, look, what do you do? It's a, a when the real other only other option is they don't pay Gallup, right? They yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like they either yeah. look to and so that's one the decision they have, right? What do they do there? I mean, ideally, they'd keep all three. Yeah, but but I think that's what they have the, on defense, yeah, right? Exactly. And, where they they're wanting to win a championship. Exactly, now. exactly. Um, they got to make the other thing is they got to pay. pay do they, does this injury to Dak? Like I've seen a lot about it being like, this is why players hold out because they more guaranteed money. But this is the risk. Surely Dak, this is probably going to pay into the Jones's hands in terms of getting a contract because it's a lot harder to pay him when he's been injured and the risk of him. Not recovering well Can enough from an injury, run. even though he could has time and stuff like that. You just never like with an injury, it brings an uncertainty that you just don't know about how it's going to go going forward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, I think next year you do your rookie startups. Uh, sorry, rookie startups, your, your dynasty startups. 
if you've got rookies included, I think you're going to see people taking shots at these rookies a lot earlier than we did maybe the last couple of years because, you know, even with the whole COVID, everyone was saying, you know, maybe hold your expectations because of COVID. I mean, some of these players have come in and just blown up straight away. Like, CeeDee Lamb's been a, an absolute gun. You've got um, Ayuki out here doing stuff that we didn't think he would be. So, I, mean, I think people are just going to take that. their shots. You it's... had Claypool just scored four touchdowns. You've got... Higgins, you know, Jefferson. Higgins like. is doing stuff. Yeah, Jefferson had his, like, you know, Ruggs is doing things that, you know, scoring long touchdowns, looking really good. I think Even, people are just going to take shots. Yeah, Judy's been quiet, but when you watch him play, he's clearly got it. Like, it's just a bit of a problem Back with the offense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I I think, you know, people were hyped about this wide receiver class for a little bit and then sort of started to go off it for some reason, but they were right to be hyped in the first place. Everyone in this class is looking real good. Yeah, like LaVisca, even he's doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And James Robinson, some random, un, un, uh, what do you call it? That thing with the free Running agents. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Unrest- what is it? Undrafted. undrafted. Oh, my God, yeah. undrafted free agent. He came in. He was doing things. Devin Duvernay is returning kicks for touchdowns. I mean, you got to take a shot on these guys, and I think it's going to happen more next year. Like, even someone like a Darnell Mooney, Mooney has flashed here and there. Like, you know, it's take a shot and hope, as opposed to, you know, going to get a Julian Edelman who's, you know, hit and miss, or AJ Green who's just been shit, or you've got someone like a Josh Gordon on your bench for some reason hoping he comes back from suspension. No, you drop him, you go and get the rookie. It's a dynasty league. You want him for, you know, 10 years rather than the hope or the 10% chance that he comes back and does something. So I think we're going to see a lot of people taking shots on him next year in uh, in dynasty startups if the rookies are included. Uh, and then rookie drafts, if people aren't figuring out the wide receivers are the way to go, not too sure what to tell them. Because at the moment, you look at the rookie rankings, Chase Claypool is all of a sudden number one, and then it's Henry Ruggs, and it's CeeDee Lamb, then it's Jonathan Taylor, then it's LaVisca, then it's a kicker. <laughs> then, you know, Clyde over yeah, to later. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That the point you made in you is, was um, that this, they, everyone was high on this wide receiver class and they switched to being. Is it the fact that they just went high on the running backs because every time it gets the draft season, all running backs are the hot commodity, right? Whereas, yeah, it seems I, to be like people forget, are always willing to gamble more on it or pay more for the running back because it's just the knack of fantasy football is that there's this perception that the running backs are valuable and they obviously they are, but. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a value in terms of short lifetime. That's and a value the thing, yeah. Long lifetime, right? So you need a quicker turnover for a running back than you do a wide receiver. So you go and get those running backs earlier. Like you might only yeah, get yeah, five or six years out of a running back, yeah. Whereas you'll get say ten years out of a wide receiver. So mm-hmm. you need to quickly turn them over. So if you've got those early picks, you get a running back. But if you're sitting there, you've got a decent team, you've got some depth at running back, and you've got an early pick for some reason. Maybe you've traded for one or whatever, and you've got say the one hundred two. Someone at the 108, 109 comes up and says, oh, you know what, I'll give you the 109 and blank. I mean, do it because you're going to get some value at 109. Like Henry Ruggs was going late first round, early second round this year in rookie drafts. Like, thanks for coming. Indeed. So, All right. Interesting talking point. Um, I like it. So, yeah, that, that'll do us. Um, hit us up on the socials. Facebook, not really happening, but Instagram, definitely happening. SS Championship. Championship SS on Twitter. Hit us up on the socials. If you've got to ask any questions, feel free to. We haven't had a mailbag for a while, probably because, you know, there is none. But, uh, yeah, hit us up if you've got any questions. Hit us with your votes on uh, Survivors Survivors 1 and 2. Um, we'll post on there as well. Make sure you know what's going on. But, yeah, good chat, boys. That was interesting. Yeah, good chat. Yeah. yeah. Take care. Thanks for coming. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Ciao. Hopefully my mic was working. <laughs>
Oh yeah, it wasn't like the entire episode. Oh shit.